Good morning, everyone. And everyone at the hub, I heard. It's the first time I get the live stream, you know. I know I have a, uh, less time, so I'm going to go right into it. But I'll tell you a story about 11 people on a rope. 11 people were hanging on a rope under a, a helicopter. There were 10 men and only one woman. Only one. And the rope was not strong enough to take them all. So they decided that one had to leave. Because otherwise all were going to fall. They weren't able to choose that one person. They looked around until one woman, that one and only woman, decided she would voluntarily let go of the rope. Because she said, as a woman, she is so used to giving up everything for her husband, for her kids, and for men in general. And for, she was so used to making sacrifices with very little in return. And as soon as she finished her speech, all the men clapped. That's how great women are. Amen? Today, I'd like to share with you the, uh, the title of this uh, sermon is The True Joy of Motherhood. Psalm 113 says, He makes the barren woman as a joyful mother of children, whether a spiritual mother or an earthly mother who bears children. And this was in reference to many, many women too in Israel who could not have children and God gave. And uh, this sermon title seems so redundant. The joy of motherhood. Of course we are joyful to have children. So obvious, you know. You see the joy of a, a mother who just gave birth, uh, other than the, you know, sweat and tears. Yet, we all know that motherhood also consists of a lot of headaches, a lot of heartaches, a lot of backaches, a lot of sacrifices to be made, and a lot of short-lived joys. That's why my title, title of my sermon is The True Joy of Motherhood. Often than not, we, treat, we, treat, we teach our children, you know, we teach them the right thing and then the next day they forget and do the wrong thing. When they were young, we could hold their hands. But when they grow up, they say, Mom, don't hold my hand, it's very embarrassing. One moment they make you proud, the next day they make you, they, they, you wish you could disappear. At least, at least that was how I felt when I, as a mother. My kids are now 24 and 26 years old. And so joy is often dissipated. You, know, you, you just run out of it every now and then and you wonder whether is it truly joyful to be a mother. What is it? Where is the true lasting joy that I thought I should have as a mother? But joy is so important. Where, where you anchor your joy is very important. Where it comes from, where, the, where is the source of your joy is very important. The Bible tells us the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so joy is a very powerful weapon to overcome many things because motherhood is so challenging. And often you have heard this phrase, parenting is not for cowards. So when you are called into it, instead of looking at the challenges, you know, the this and disdaining it and grumbling about the hard work and fearing the future of your children and losing that joy, it is time for parents, for mothers, to look to that true source of joy. So allow me to share with you um, the true joy of motherhood uh, today, which is the basis 
the basis of you know uh, what our, where our joy comes from, a basis of our identity. When you really know your true joy, it cannot be taken away from you, from you. Even though once in a while you might fall and get depressed, it's like I feel sad, you will be able to pick yourself up because you know where your true joy comes from. Whether you are a young mother and an older mother or a mother-to-be or you're single and you'll be a mother or for those who are just great spiritual mothers you know, around children. I have many great spiritual single um, mothers for my children and, and they have so been so blessed. May you know your true identity in Christ Jesus. And when the more you know who you are, your identity and where your source of identity comes from, the more, the more you'll be the joyful, the, more, the deeper your peace will be, the deeper your joy will be. And so today, the Lord said to me, I was prepared with so many other messages, you know, Mrs. Zebedee and, you know, Mrs. Hannah and all this, but the Lord said that you, we need to anchor our identity as mother so that there will be true joy in motherhood. And the first point uh, I bring to you is that God honors motherhood. In Exodus 20.12, when we read this verse, we always think that, oh, this is for our children. They should honor us. Then they will have long life, which is true. But when I read this verse, the Lord was saying, read it again. Read it again in a different way. See how I place and position you for honor. I position you in such a way that when your children honor you, father or mother, they get, they get that long, fulfilling life. How, what a great honor it is that God has put on us. It's the same thing as the way God wants us to honor Him as a father. And when we, all of us, honors God, we get the true, that long, that happy, that fulfilling life. But the honor is His, you know. And He gave it to us, whether we realize it or not, whether we know it or not, whether we feel that we deserve it or not, He gave us this honor as a mother, as a father, as a spiritual parents. The honor has been given to us. And this is where we stand before God. He gives us so much honor so that when our children, our spiritual children honor us, life is being given to them. True life. True fulfilling life. Isn't that amazing? And I've never looked at it this way, that how God puts us in that position of honor. And that is our identity. That's where it comes from. And, and so, it is for me very amazing to think that like that. You know, and uh, and therefore we are quick to teach our children how to honor not only ourselves but those who are uh, who are you know in a position of honor, so that they will have long life, they will have a fulfilling life. And I, how do I know that God honors me? You know, I I will tell you that when I was um, I was like dating my husband uh, then, my my boyfriend then, and he was uh, telling me that. Um, oh, it's time to get for us to get married. And I'm a very uh, left brain person because I'm trained in mathematics and computer science and all these things. So I'm I totally not activated in my right, you know. So I don't not know. Like when he said this, okay, I think in the in the form of flow charts and bubble charts and all this, you know. So it's like okay, get married, married, have kids, kids, have this, this, have grandparents, this. Okay, this is how I think, you know. So when he says time to get married, okay. Let's get married. Then he says, time to have children. Very soon after marriage, I really, okay, have children. I'm like a total robot. And uh, when, 
And when I had, I was carrying the child, I did not feel anything. I did not feel like all the motherly instincts. I didn't have that. And I was like, okay, I'm carrying my baby number one, okay? Until my husband said number two, okay? Number one, and I'm on my delivery bed, okay? And on my delivery bed, I'm like, okay. Uh, the doctor asked me, do you want epidural? I said, if you think so, I will take it. If you think I should have it, I will take it, you know. And she's like, okay, oh, this one is like a robot. And, uh, and uh, then I'm like, oh no, why did she say that? I was thinking about it and suddenly I realized that I was just producing a number. I wasn't producing a baby. And suddenly it hit me that I don't have any motherly instincts. I don't feel it. I don't feel like, you know how mothers are so joyful and so, uh, all these things. And I'm like, I'm nothing like that. And so... That very point, I felt so guilty. I felt so bad. I just cried out to God you know, as my baby is coming out. And I'm like, okay, God, I really don't have motherly instincts. Can you please honor me with motherly instincts? And immediately, immediately, really, my tears began to flow. And from that day onwards, I have not stopped crying for my children. When I see them, when they, the minute they came out, I would just start crying over there. I was like, okay, God, stop. I don't want to cry anymore. But I cannot, I cannot, I cannot stop feeling for my children. Suddenly, my right brain was activated and I'm like, I'm all, you know, sold out for motherhood. And I'm all in, you know. And um, I just realized that as I look back that very, that very day on that delivery bed, God honored you know, that prayer so immediately because He honors the position of motherhood. You know, and I'm sure fatherhood too. He honors that and is meant to be honored. And so I was uh, really quite amazed and I just know that this is a position that God honors and that you are honored mothers, young mothers, spiritual mothers, mothers-to-be. Secondly, God gives wisdom to mothers. Even in this verse, you know, in Proverbs, you reread it as the wise woman should build a house. You know, the wise man should, and if she's not wise, she's foolish, she tears it down. But then when I read this verse, the Lord says, not just that. It's that I have given you wisdom. The wisdom that comes from heaven above. And you should ask for it. Because if you don't ask, James says, you do not get. And I was like, what kind of wisdom is this that I need to ask for? And so many times I lack the wisdom to parent, to mother my kids. And, the, and James says that the wisdom that you can get as an inheritance, as a child of God, is that wisdom from, from heaven. And this is how it looks like. It says, close your eyes and imagine. It's all pure. Imagine a home like that. The home that you have. All pure. All peace-loving. All considerate. All submissive. Full of mercy. Full of good fruit impartial, sincere. And I imagine that, and that's the kind of wisdom, if God gives me, if I, as a child of God, I inherit, then my home will be like that. It will be so conducive. It will be such as, such as it reflects the kingdom of God, that heaven on earth, heaven in my home. How would you like that? And that's the kind of home that God wants us to have. That's why the wise woman builds a house. The wisdom will come from God. God doesn't, Make us do something and not empower and give us. And he backs us up 200%. And so honestly, I really needed that because I was so void of wisdom of taking care of my two sons. And so at that point, uh, in my early motherhood uh, life, I had a crisis. And the crisis was this. I was doing so well in feeding my kids, changing their diapers, you know, making uh, meals for them, uh, taking them out, uh, by going shopping and all that. And suddenly, one day, I just felt so bored. I just felt like, is this what motherhood is all about? Somebody else can do it as well, if not better. Why should I do it? 
You know, I already quit my job as a lecturer in Nian Poly and I was like, I'm sold out. I want to get in. Then I got bored. Then I felt something was so empty inside of me that I kept asking God, what is that? What is that emptiness speaking to me about? What is it that I'm missing in my motherhood? At that time, I was taking my graduate diploma in a biblical graduate school of theology and a professor from Regent College, Vancouver, came and I took his course on spirituality. And I, I immediately made an appointment with him because I heard he was a very discerning man. And I went to his office and I sat there and he said, how can I help you? And he said, he doesn't know me at all. And I, I just said, I just feel, I, just feel I, I don't enjoy my motherhood and I feel something is missing and something is wrong. And he just looked at me and he said, you are like the elder son of the prodigal son story. You do not know your mother your mother has not nurtured you and therefore you are void of nurture and you can't give that to your children, that which you wanted. And I was like, wow, what truth. I used to be a prodigal son. I ran away, you know, I tried to, um, I was really naughty. And then I came back, came to the Lord and then I, now, I'm a pro, now I'm an elder son. So thank you very much. And I was like, what? And the, and the Lord was telling me that, and he was telling me that I don't have Oh, you know what it takes to nurture my kids because I did not have a good relationship with my mother whom I love very much now you know, and I, she nurtures me now but not when I was growing up and so I, I started to cry again and believe me when I cry I cannot stop Okay, I cried so hard because it was such a hard truth for me to take that uh, my professor had to call my husband out and said please take your wife out you know, and bring her home and I was like okay and I started to cry continue crying you know, and the homework for the uh, my assignment for that course was you have to spend a day listening to God in silence and so that's what I did the next day I was just crying and crying and the Lord and I asked the Lord what what do you want to say to me? I feel so empty, so void. Now I know what's wrong with me. Tell me, how do I move on from there? And the Lord said, the Lord gave me this verse. You know, the Spirit just prompted this Hosea 11, 1 to 4 to me. And I was like, what is this? And I don't even ever, I've not even really read it before or meditated on it. And when I read this, this passage as it is, and at the end of it, I knew the Lord was saying something to me. The Lord said to me, read it again. And now put Israel, put replace Israel with my name. And this is how it should sound. When Mui Fong, that's my name, was a child, I loved her. I called her my daughter out of Egypt. And the more I called her, the further she moved from me, offering sacrifices to the images of Baal, whatever idol, and burning incense to idols. I myself taught Mui Fong how to walk, leading her along by the hand. But she doesn't know and even care that it was I who took care of her. I led her along with my ropes of kindness and love. I lifted the yoke from her neck, and I myself stooped to feed her. And when I heard that, I, myself reading that, I knew in my heart that even though I didn't know at all physically or in any way that you know uh, God was there for me all through my life, but God was there to nurture me. My Father in Heaven was the one who nurtured me. And He said to me that as long as I lean on Him, as long as I depend on Him to father me, to mother me, I can nurture, I can, father, I can mother my children. I will have all the wisdom I need for each child that He has given me. And I was so comforted. I was so, com I was so washed in His comfort and in His love. 
And as long as I lean on him, I will have the wisdom to nurture my sons. And that was very big for me. Another big milestone for me. And I was so thankful that when I call out to God for wisdom, he shows me how he nurtures me so that I could nurture my children. I hope that is a lesson that you could take home with you. And I know that in, wisdom is an inheritance for me. As long as wisdom is from heaven and I'm part of, I'm not part of, it, I'm part of his kingdom, I will have whatever there is in heaven. And wisdom is big. And so my true identity is in the position God has put me as a mother. He honors me. That's my identity. And he also gives me wisdom, all that I need. Thirdly, God creates new life through my body, through our body. You know, sometimes it's even a spiritual body, not really a physical. He made all the delicate inward, inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. And this again is like, okay, it's talking about all of us, you know. But yet God says to, to all of us as mothers, you know, that He has given us a body that carries life. It carries and creates life. Our body is life-giving. And even if we can't, on this side of life, we cannot give birth, it's not, this task is not given to a man. It's only for one gender, and it's a woman. Amen? And that's our privilege, and that's who we are. We are our body is life-giving. It's meant to be that way. And so, um, we take heart, we, we take comfort that this is the way God wants us, God wants us, what God wants it to be. And, um, our body is life-giving. Our mind is filled with His wisdom. We are in the position of honor. Finally, God blesses mothers with purpose and good works. And in Proverbs 31, we read, She is clothed with strength and dignity. She is clothed. This is not something like it's only for some mothers. This is what it says about all mothers. Whether you believe it or not, it is true. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction to her to her, on her tongue. She watch, watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is greatly to be praised. Give her the reward she has earned and let her works bring her praise at city gate. Whenever I ask my elder son um, if he has found himself a wife, he has been away since before he was after NS before he was 21, and now he's 26. And so often when we when we FaceTime, I would uh, just curiously drop in a, a question like, "How how's your you know social life? You know, don't just study. You know, like how's your social life? Like, is there anyone special in this, in your life?" And he says, you mean like, you know, a wife-to-be, like, you know, you want me to find a wife? And I said like, oh, well, you know. Then he says, mom, I'm not looking for a wife. I'm looking for a mother for my children. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. You're very smart. This is how much he esteems motherhood, you know, I believe. And I think he's been reading Proverbs 31 so much, too much, that he just he's looking for a mother. And I said there's an order, you know, in life. In life, you get married, have a wife, and then you have a, you have a, a wife who becomes a mother. And so, uh, and it is true, you know, mom, uh, mother, motherhood is such an esteemed position. It's such an honor, honor, honorable position. Um, and... Uh, the hands and feet that God has given us, the good works and the purpose He's given us, is um, it, it is to it is for good works. It is to nurture and to comfort and to teach 
our children is to disciple them as servant leaders for the Lord, for the kingdom. And I like that ending of the proverb. Give her, give her, um, it, it doesn't come without much work, but then that's why she needs to be rewarded. And, um, and God promises us whatever we sow, we will reap. So we better sow good seeds. And He's given us so much good seeds to sow. Hannah Smith said, The will of God is not a burden to carry, but a pillow to rest on. The will of God is not a burden to carry. So sometimes you see mothers, uh, wow, they are you know, backache, and they carry, and they, they, they are so weighed down, you know. There's no joy in them, you know. But really, the will of God is not a burden to carry. It's a pillow to rest on. You should be very happy that God has a purpose for each and every one to carry as a mother, and different ones for different children. Each, each child is so different. And so mothers have such a sacred role. It's such a, a holy calling, and, uh, and we dedicate what we what we have at home to the Lord. And we ask Him to consecrate it so that great things can happen in our next generation. We are partners not only with our husband but with God in bringing about spiritual children for the next generation. And so I continue my story. After that big, big crisis I had, um, huge crisis I had um, and when about nurturing, I, uh, I, I also had a very good time with my mother and allowed her to nurture me even though I never experienced it when I was young. It was such a healing process. I survived that motherhood crisis and then the Lord says to me, now that you understand where wisdom comes from, I want you to homeschool your kids. And my kids were in early primary school at Peihua um, a long time ago. And, and I said, like, homeschool, how could I do this? I don't know how to do this. And the Lord said, remember, I'll give you wisdom. And when I look at all the homeschool curriculum and all the teacher's guide, it was so good. It was, it was so easy to understand. But I remembered I was trained for tertiary level. I was trained to teach them at tertiary level. So I could not get down to that level. Of, you know, I could never be a Sunday school teacher, actually. But maybe in youth and young adults. But the Lord homeschooled me. He trained me so that I could teach them the best that I could, you know. And uh, and and then the Lord said to me, and then when my kids grew up, He said, and now you would you will go on to the next generation. And now He's given me East Timor. Every pastor in my church, we 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 don't have a missions pastor, but we in charge. We are in charge of one mission field, and so mine is Timor Leste. And I go there, and and we plow. We plow our energy, our time, our sweat, our tears, and sometimes blood even uh, and, uh, on, the, on the children. We just disciple them. We train them. We, we do BBGB with them. We make sure they are trained in the way of the Lord. And the Lord showed us you know, that it is not just raising up a next generation. It is about discipling nations. And that's how powerful motherhood can be. And so God is so big. You know, It's not just about your son, your child, your daughter, your home. It is about the church. It is about the community. It's about discipling nations. And, it, and God's vision is so big and so wide. If we will throw, if we will allow God in, He will make you a great discipler as a mother. Mothers make great. I just go there. I we try to learn language, but I just basically mother them. You know, they need that nurturing. I just do that, and so that was that's been my, a privilege, my privilege in East Timor. And so my sons always ask me, Mom, when they were young, why don't you go back and work? You know, don't spend time on us. Don't homeschool us uh, anymore. We will take care of ourselves. We can do it ourselves. We want to have more toys, more money, and more a, big, a bigger house. And, um, and I said to them that actually I've already settled that in my heart. You know, that the more, the more that I ask for, the more about motherhood has already been settled in my heart. I know who I am and I don't need all those things to affirm to affirm me because I know my identity. 
and I, I learned so much from homeschooling. I felt so fulfilled. So it's not for everyone, but you know, it's for people who will consider asking God. It's so satisfying, and um, that I learned that education is not filling a bucket. It is lighting a fire, William Yeats. And so I realized that Christ came to give us life and life abundantly. And I have to ask, and every one of us should ask, what does that abundantly mean to you personally? What does that abundantly mean to you? You know, For me, it meant more than just that physical uh, touch for my children. It is that deep, nurturing, spiritual uh, touch and uh, nurturing, uh, nurturing for them and for, and for discipling nations. For you, it might be even bigger, greater. You know? And that's your cup that you have to work with and you have to bring uh, that joy will come to you. So that abundantly has, is so packed with meaning and purpose that you have to ask God. And so motherhood is not about just raising kids. It's about raising generations and nations. You will teach, you will comfort, you will nurture. That is your inheritance. That is your identity. You know, Paul Tripp, the pastor, said, it takes character to run after character, to go after character. But for me, I would say it takes identity to go after identity. If you know your identity as a person, as a mother, you will not, you will not be going around looking for applause, going around looking for recognition, and you live by it. And if you don't have it, you get depressed. No. When you know your identity, there's no position or job that is so hard for to do, too low for you to do. You will not be fighting for status and you will not be fighting for applause because people who do that do not know their identity. But mothers, today I hope you shift. I hope your position shift. Shift to the identity where you know God honors you. God gives you wisdom. That is your inheritance. God gave you a life-giving uh, body and a life-giving task, and God gave you good works and purposes to do. Amen? And so the Father says to you, oh, I honor you. I honor you. And so I'd like to pray for you that the true joy of, of your motherhood, of your parenthood, will come from Him. And nothing can thwart that. Nothing can take that away to, for you. Let me pray for you. And I ask all mothers, young mothers, mothers-to-be, anyone who would love to be activated, to be prayed for, uh, to, to receive the blessing of God, to come, to write, to stand up so that I can pray for you. Father, I just thank you for this honor of being mothers, spiritual mothers, mothers-to-be, and even singles who are such great mothers Lord, to our children. I bless them. Father, you bless them with knowing the joy of the Lord that is their strength. Bless them with knowing the joy in, in your fatherness in, prof, in profound and life-giving ways. I bless, Lord, all the mothers with remembering times when God showed you his fatherness. I bless you with enlarging your spirit to know profoundly and deeply that your Father is pleased with you. I bless you with receiving the truth of your identity, your legitimacy, your birthright. I bless you with knowing who you are in the eyes of God and drinking deeply of the joy that can never be taken away from you because you know who you are. I bless you to know that your Father made you, He master planned you, He uniquely designed 
you for this particular time in history. He chose the time in history and the family that you are given, and all your days were up to now. His craftsmanship of you and his plans for you will stand before his throne for all eternity. I bless you, mothers, with having abiding strength to be where God has placed you to, and to accomplish all that he's called you to do. Because you are able to drink deeply of the joy that God the Father has in you as His beloved handiwork, crafted for His pleasure and purposes. I bless you to know that He honors you, He gives you wisdom, He creates life through your body, He blesses you with purpose and good works. I bless you to accomplish, to be uh, all that God wants you to be, to rise up, women, awake, awaken and rise up to your calling, to your identity, to your legitimacy. I bless you all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless. Thank you.